Hey everyone, it's Bobby Sylvester and this is the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm here with Mike Taglier, as always, to bring you the Week 7 DFS Podcast. Tags, I'm going to beat you in Draft.com this week, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I wish you the best of luck. I was going back through our draft results uh, from last week and I, you know... I played in six different contests last week, and I finished in fourth place in exactly five of them. And this no way. way. And the one That's that, amazing. Yeah, the one that we did together, I definitely beat you in that one. I think I doubled your score. So um, That was the worst I've ever done. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, everything that could have went wrong for me last week did as well. Like, DFS went horribly wrong. Uh, but, you know, this week, we're getting back on track. We're feeling our plays. Got some good names lined up. So I'm excited to do another draft. Yeah, I started off on fire in uh, in DFS, like first four weeks, just killed it. Last two weeks, it's been a struggle. So it is time to end that streak before it gets too long. It's going to be a lot of fun chatting on today's show. And we're going to be doing another live draft for y'all on the show at draft.com slash pros. That's P-R-O-S. I'm using their app, which is top notch, by the way. And we're going to be drafting against one another and eight other listeners. They don't know that they're going to be on the show. They're just thinking they're doing a draft with us. We pick five players. One quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers or tight ends. And it's just a snake draft, like the ones at the start of our season-long leagues. But the scoring is just for week seven. If you want to compete against us, sign up at draft.com slash pros. That's P-R-O-S. And you'll get notifications every time Tags and I decide to draft that we can draft against us. And we do a few every single week. And Draft is so confident you'll enjoy their product. They're offering Fantasy Pros listeners a special money-back guarantee offer. If you don't love playing draft for NFL week seven, Draft will refund your first deposit up to $100 and close your account. No questions asked. On top of that, you'll also receive a free $3 entry with your first deposit. Okay, now Tags won last week. It's 2-1 to one on the season in his favor, but he's also 3-0 to zero in uh, getting the best possible pick. So what pick do you have today, Tags? All right, Bobby. So I actually got the 10th pick. So I have the worst pick in this draft. And it looks like it looks like you're actually one pick in front of me. So we and you and I have the worst pick in this these drafts because the way it is, is it's five rounds and it goes snake style. Right. So therefore, we not only get the last pick in the first round, but we get the last pick of the entire draft. You know, I was just talking about how you always get lucky, and I know the 10th pick isn't great, but it's better than the ninth pick. You're going to get to snipe me, man. <laughs> well, you get to snipe me before it gets to me at 10, so let's see what happens here. I hope I hope some players fall because, man, this is this is brutal. So we got to wait until – I got to wait until the 10th pick, and then I got to wait another 18 picks before I pick again. Oh, man, I, I, better, I better lock down. I better get two studs here at the turn. That's all I'm saying. All right, Tags, this pick is going to be tough for me. Um, you know, I could go A.J. Green, but Pittsburgh's defense against the pass especially has been excellent. Uh, Michael Thomas is still sitting there against Green Bay. I think that's who I'm going to pull the trigger on. I'm not going to say anyone else in case my other guy drops. <laughs> uh, that way you don't take him from me. So I'm just going to take Michael Thomas right now at Green Bay. Well, I'm happy that you you passed in the guy that I wanted. It was A.J. Green. I was going to take Michael Thomas as well, okay. but A.J. Green at the turn, I'm really, really happy about. And You've got to be. Yeah, Mike Evans is still there too, but I feel like if I if I neglect a running back right here, that I'm really going to regret it. So it's coming down to either Melvin Gordon against Denver or do I go Mark Ingram against Green Bay? Obviously, he had a great week last week. I think I have to go, oh man, I'm going with Melvin Gordon just because he's just, he's on fire right now. It's just, he's getting touches. He's getting it done yeah. either on the ground or through the air. Uh, he did score against them in the first game of the season. So I'm, I'm rooting for him to go off again. You know, I was really hoping you wouldn't take Melvin Gordon tags because now I have to do something that just seems so boneheaded. Um, I was going to take Mark Ingram, but what am I going to do? Go Mark Ingram and Michael Thomas. I want upside here. There's 10 teams. I've got to win this. I'm not going to get upside if I have two guys from the same team. So I'm going to go ahead and take Dak Prescott now against San Francisco. He's got a great floor. He's got a great ceiling. And uh, having the, the best quarterback here can really help you out. So I'm going to take a stab and say it's Dak Prescott this week. Well, I mean, I dig Dak Prescott this week. I have him as my number two quarterback on the week going against San Francisco. It, it's a matchup where San Francisco has been better against the run than most people think. They have allowed points to running backs, but a lot of them have come through the air. Uh, they've actually allowed the, I want to say it's the second most yardage to running backs through the air and uh, three receiving touchdowns already. So uh, that's where a lot of those points have come from. But the quarterbacks, I mean, you go back through it and you look at Kirk Cousins last week, 27.8 points. Jacoby Brissett, 18 points the week before that. And you had Jared Goff. And Carson Palmer posting, you know, top 15 quarterback weeks. So I have no issue with taking Dak Prescott. I think he's like one of the highest floors that you can get in fantasy football. This is the way I look at it in these drafts. Like I understand in, in normal fantasy football, you don't want to take a quarterback early just because there's not much difference over the course of a season. But in one game, the best quarterback tends to be like 
eight points better than anybody else. And that's a huge difference. Like if you get that guy on your team, you've got a real good chance of finishing the top three. Yeah, no. And that's that's something important to remember, too, is just that we're talking about a 10 team league here. So you only start two running backs and two wide receivers. So therefore, there's only 20 running backs and 20 wide receivers who are going to come off the board. So, you know, you're getting a starter at each of those positions. So why not take the ceiling if you know your quarterback has a good matchup? I have no issue with that. And I, I did a draft earlier today, Bobby, on, on draft. I ended up taking Tom Brady in the second round. So I was I'm more than OK to that strategy because you, you said it. It's just we know the matchups. It's a very shallow roster and we're looking for upside to win it when it's like a short tournament, right? Like we're, this, this matchup we're doing right now, it's a 10 team league. It is uh, the top three spots get paid out. It's split up, you know, different ways. So you can kind of play safe, but you still want some upside to get into that top three. Obviously last week, I just missed out on that probably because I had too much Michael Thomas in my lineups. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I finished How fourth. Could you, like, like, how can you be upset with yourself for picking him though? It makes all the sense in the world. It just didn't work out that time. That's true. And that's the thing is like, I, I want, I really hope that people this week in DFS are fading Michael Thomas, just thinking that, well, maybe it's just not happening this year. Agree. Uh, I really hope that happens because Michael Thomas is a, uh, He's someone that I, I would love to roster against Green Bay. You've been talking about upside tags and the guy that I'm hoping drops to me. And I think he will based on what happened last week. And boy, oh boy, was I wrong about CJ Anderson. But you know what? He's got that upside of 20 plus carries and he's going against the worst run defense in football. So I can see this being a huge week for him. Of course, it could be an utter disaster like last week. Um, so I'm if he drops, I'm going to pick him and cross my fingers that it's uh, uh, the first. Yeah, this is this is rough. This is where I can't talk about my picks because CJ Anderson would have definitely been on my board. Like he wouldn't have made it past me because was he number one? Is he number one on my board right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he would be because like the thing is, is you don't I can't miss a running back on this turn. Like it depends on who's there, but I definitely have to take a running back. Otherwise, I could be left with starting someone like like Jarek McKinnon, which I really don't want to do against Baltimore, who should be getting Brandon Williams back this week. So I would much prefer to have a workhorse running back. It's just a question of, you know, which running back was there. And obviously, I know CJ Anderson's not going to be there now. And that stinks because a lot of people have overreacted. I have no problem with Jarek McKinnon, man. If he drops you, that's fine. I don't like Jarek McKinnon this week. I think that it's going to come a little bit back down to earth for him at some point. It's been more of a timeshare than people realize. How do you feel about Adrian Peterson? He just went off the board. And I I mean, I think you have to consider him a RB2 against a Rams team that hasn't really stopped the run this year. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely an RB2. In fact, I have him pretty close to an RB1. He got 26 carries last week and the Rams can't tackle to save their lives. So uh, if Anderson was taken, Adrian Peterson was going to be my pick. Uh, I wasn't going to tell you that because I thought you were probably going to take him. <laughs> and I do have another guy that I'd like. So I'm definitely taking two running backs here. CJ Anderson did drop to me. So that's my first pick. Tags, who are you taking? Oh, man, this is ugly. Um, I really don't feel great about anybody on my board right now. I'm just like looking at it and just thinking like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to take an upside pick here. And it's really one that I'm don't do it. That's my guy. Don't do it. No, I'm taking Chris Thompson. I don't know if that's your guy or not, but Chris Thompson, the matchup. <laughs> no, 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 that's not my guy. No, the matchup for him. him is just too good, too good this week. I'll explain that when we start talking about our DFS plays this week. Uh, but my other pick, I'm sitting here at wide receiver. I actually think I can get the guy I want at 510. So I'm actually going to go my quarterback here. Otherwise, I'm going to be starting, you know, uh, Philip Rivers against Denver or something like that. Uh, so I'm actually going to take the guy that I think is healthy. He's been practicing in full and he has one of the best matchups of the week. Marks Mariota. All right. So my guy dropped to me and I know this is a reach, but he's not going to make it back to me. I'm a big believer in Joe Mixon this week coming off the bye against a lousy Pittsburgh run defense. I think he's going to get 15 to 20 touches and uh, my team's looking pretty good right now. I'm, I'm happy with it. I debated. Uh, I actually debated taking Mixon myself. Mixon. That's he was someone, what I thought you were going to take. And I, I was remember not last happy. week. Well, I remember last week. Well, not last week. It was the week before because I took Mixon and he was up against uh, who'd Cincinnati play before their bye. It was against uh, the Bills. And I remember when I picked him, you were like, oh, yuck. And I was like, I'm telling you, man, at least it's a workhorse running back because it was like my last spot and I, I couldn't do much about it. He ended up scoring in that game. In this game, it, it's very likely that the Steelers put up some points in the board. So, I mean, Joe Mixon should get some more scoring opportunities. Uh, I have no issue with Joe Mixon there. 
You know, last week I said, ooh, yuck about Mike Evans too, and he scored a touchdown. So my my game plan going into this draft was to not say, ooh, yuck about any of your picks, <laughs> just to make sure no one scores a touchdown. That's funny. No, well, yeah, the the pick that was yuck last week, that literally cost me, in the in the one that we did, I, I drafted Terrell Pryor as my last pick in that, and uh, he's the one oh, who kept me, man. he's the one who kept me out of the top three spots, to be honest. like that Yeah, was, that was that was not good. Yeah, the, the, the pick, pick that kept me out of the top three spots was every pick <laughs> was every pick. <laughs> oh, Adam Thielen just went off the board. I mean, I don't even know why I'm I'm complaining because I still have another 11 picks before it gets back to me. But ah, Alshon Jeffrey just went off the board. I got Jeffrey actually earlier in, in my other draft that I did. Uh, I got Alshon Jeffrey in the fourth round and I was ecstatic about it because I have Alshon Jeffrey as my number. Uh, I think my number eight wide receiver this week. Uh, yes, me too, man. I got made fun of on the Christopher Harris podcast. Well, not made fun of, but he was like, I don't know about that one. Um, but yeah, Alshon with Josh Norman almost definitely out. Hey, he, is he officially ruled out right now? Yeah, he's not playing this game. And honestly, and also Bashad Breland, the number two cornerback in Washington, he's probably not going to play. So they're looking at like literally third string cornerbacks covering Alshon Jeffrey, who's been getting targeted. Targets haven't been the problem. It's been the competition that's been the problem. So I, I like Alshon this week. I think that it's like you've been waiting for this week to come and there's really no reason not to like him. I, I, I don't understand why people wouldn't. I could uh, I could understand being like, well, I'd still play Fitz or, or Brandon Cooks over him. But but telling me you'd rather play like Doug Baldwin or Pierre Garçon, someone like that over him. Nah. Yeah, I said at the start of the season, don't draft Alshon Jeffrey then wait five or six weeks. And if he's not banged up, which uh, it's like a 50 50 chance, then trade for him then because the schedule gets so much better. He's already got eight targets per game, which is more than a lot of high end wide receiver ones. Julio Jones, Doug Baldwin, Golden Tate, who's a target machine. He's getting a ton of passes, even though he's been covered by more uh, top 10 cornerbacks than anyone else in football. So I love Alshon Jeffrey at this point. I'm trying to trade for him in leagues and my picks coming up tags. You're about to be really mad at me. Um, what do, wait, you, do need? you need a wide receiver tight end? I do. <laughs> you do? Yeah, I'm definitely I am definitely taking your guy then and you are going to be furious. Uh, I, I don't even want to know who it is. Like, I don't I don't know who it is that you're thinking about. I have two guys on my list. There's two picks left in front of me. So as long as I get one of these guys, oh, there goes one of them. Chris Hogan just left. Chris the board. Hogan was one of them. Yep. Well, I uh, I was going to pick Delaney Walker because I thought you were going to go way down and get him since you talked about him as your tight end one. I, he's not even my favorite pick. I just wanted to take your guy, but Larry <laughs> Fitzgerald somehow lasted to oh, me against damn it. the uh, that was against the Rams, so that's my guy. Yeah, that was good. That's pick. even better. Oh, dude, just my take God. Delaney Walker then. I'm debating it. Like, oh God. Um, you know what? I'm going to stand by my pick here. He's going to score gonna... like five touchdowns this week. I'm going Delaney Walker. I'm doing it. Oh, yuck. And because of that, I finished with the lowest oh, protection. It. No, it's not the lowest, but not, not maybe the lowest. It. Uh, I, I don't pay too much attention to the, to the projections because basically you could just pick whoever you want, like whoever they suggest right at the top and you would finish at the top. Uh, I just didn't do that. This is the fourth consecutive week that I've been projected to finish ahead of you, Tags. Well, I mean, it hasn't ended well for you, so... Uh. <laughs> it has not. So why don't you tell us your team, and then I'll say my team. Then you guys can tweet us at Mike Tagliere NFL and at Bobby Fantasy Pro. Let us know which of our teams you like the best. Yeah, I think my team is sneaky good. Like, I, I don't like it's not one of those names that like the one, that pop off the page, but Marcus Mariota, quarterback against Cleveland, love that. Melvin Gordon against Denver, okay, I got a workhorse. Chris Thompson, love the matchup at Philly. And then AJ Green and Delaney Walker as my wide receiver slash tight end combo. Yeah, I like the team. I mean, I considered every single one of those players. Uh, I, I don't like to draft Chris Hogan. I did last week, but he's just consistent, man. Um, so here's my team. I've got Dak Prescott, who I reached for against the 49ers. CJ Anderson against the Los Angeles Chargers. Huge upside, huge bust. Uh, Joe Mixon at Pittsburgh, who I also reached for, I think. Michael Thomas at Green Bay and Larry Fitzgerald stole him right from under Tag's nose against the Rams. Yeah, in the fifth round, the end of the fifth round, nonetheless. So yeah, that's a solid team, man. I actually like your team a little bit better than mine, but my, I think mine's sneaky good. I think we both have a good shot in this one. Yeah, I think so as well. We'll see how that one turns out. And again, if you want to draft against us, we do a couple drafts every week. It's draft.com slash pros, P-R-O-S. And you can download the app on the App Store or Google Play. Just type in draft, going to be the first one that comes up. And it's a blast to use. Like the only thing that I do now at nights on Fridays is like just sit there and, and do draft.com. <laughs> while you're changing diapers, of course. Yes, while I'm changing diapers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Okay, so we're going to get into the FanDuel and DraftKings part of the show where we go by position by position, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receiver, tight end. We'll even cover a few defense special teams. And we're going to talk about our favorite plays, high price guys, mid price guys, low price guys. So let's start at quarterback tags. Who are you really liking this week? Honestly, you know, we talked about the two quarterbacks that I like a lot in the draft uh, portion that we did, uh, Dak Prescott and Marcus Mariota. Uh, neither of them are like at the top of the price point, like Dak at 7,300 and then you have Mariota at 6,900 on DraftKings. I think both of them are extremely safe plays. Mariota was, like I said, he's been practicing in full this week, so uh, obviously he should be fine. Going back to 2015, I think I mentioned it on our start sit show that the Browns have allowed uh, multiple passing touchdowns in 25 of their last 31 games. So there's really not much to dislike about him. I think another quarterback that people are going to in that in that same range as those guys is is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has been playing really good football. He gets Lane Johnson back this week, his right tackle. Uh, You know, we talked about Alshon Jeffrey and the fact that. Washington is going to be down Josh Norman and Bashad Breeland, most likely. They also lost uh, Jonathan Allen, their first round pick, and he's like one of their better pass rushers right now. So I just don't understand how Carson Wentz doesn't have a solid game here. And he's 6,700. Uh, have you thought about Wentz? Uh, Wentz on DraftKings is a great play. He's my number two behind Dak Prescott. I'm playing Dak Prescott on both sites. He goes against San Francisco. How many times tags has Dak Prescott finished with less than 17 fantasy points in his career? Three times, and it and Three two of them have come times. Yeah, and two of them have come against uh, the New York Giants. I want to say, and it's not happening. It is not happening against the 49ers. So he's super safe. He's got high upside as well. I also love Tom Brady. I mean, you've got to love him. Our consensus oh, yeah. projections have him at 24.7 fantasy points. Next closest is Drew Brees all the way down at 22.7. So that's uh, a pretty big difference. Now, he is really expensive. But in a couple lineups, if you've got some room, uh, there's a lot of value out there again this week. Tom Brady's a great play, too. Yeah, Tom Brady's hard not to like with the over-under creeping up in that game. Uh, to, I think I want to say it's 55 now. It's kind of out of this world. It's one of the higher totals that we've seen this year. Uh, But again, going up to 8,000 when you can sit at 7,300 and get Dak. I mean, I would stack if you're playing Dak Prescott, stack him with Des Bryant. Um, Yeah. You know, there is no cornerback in San Francisco that that can handle Des Bryant. That's basically where it goes. So can we add to the DFS portion of the show and like talk about someone who we like will not play in any of our lineups? Is there someone that you're kind of like, there's not a chance that I'm playing this guy? That's a good question. Uh, I'm definitely not playing Jameis Winston. Uh, Jameis Winston, we're not even sure right now if he's going to play. Has he even thrown a pass yet? I know they said he was going to wait to throw until later in the week to see how he feels. Like, if he says he feels fine, there's no way I'm playing him. Like, he might go out there and feel fine for the first four throws, and then they're like, oh, well, he looks bad, so we're going to take him out and just rest his arm. I'm not playing that game. I'm with you. That's actually the one I was going with. And that's the thing is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that they would be smart to go with Fitzpatrick this week and just kind of like rest Jameis because why yeah. why stick him out there if he's less than 100% against the Bills defense that's been really good. They're coming off their bye. The Bills defense has played against Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Andy Dalton, and they have still yet to allow a quarterback more than 13 fantasy points. So yeah, Jameis Winston, even though they've dropped it in salary down to like 6,000, uh, hands off. And he's a lot more expensive on FanDuel too. I mean, it's a shoulder issue. What are you going to do? Risk your young quarterback's career by throwing him out there against the Bills? Yeah, do it and do it. Do it. The Colts do. Just lie to your fan base and then tell them that um, he's going to be back <laughs> and he's going to be he's going to play this year and he's really not. Um, by the way, if you're listening to this, Andrew Luck, um, I'm late to this party because I've been holding on to him forever, but it appears that he's not going to play the season. The whole season? Uh, well, that's the thing. So I, I've been like listening to doctors and t- talk about it, and basically because he had a setback, it sounded like he was already two or three weeks out before the setback, and now they're adding another two to four weeks onto that. So they're saying that. By the time Andrew Luck might be ready, which is like week 11, week 12, the Colts aren't going to be in the playoff race. So why are you going to rush Andrew Luck back just to play a couple games that are meaningless? And that's where I'm at with it, too. So it's like, would you trust him in the even let's pretend he does come back in week 13? Would you trust him in his first week back? Not me. That sucks. Uh, we do the expert league with fantasy pros and all these great guys in the industry like Jamie Eisenberg and Dalton Dildon, all these guys. And I drafted, we did the draft way before the Andrew Luck news came out. I did Andrew Luck, Allen Robinson, Dalvin Cook. Those were three of like my top five picks. And it is horrible right now, Tags. The news just keeps getting worse. Well, the, the Dalvin Cook pick is looking like a good one for the future. He's uh, He appears yeah. to be their workhorse. Teddy Bridgewater looks like he's going to be coming back. So, yeah, I, I don't want to veer too far off because we're obviously on the DFS show. But is there a cheaper option? I know we talked about a lot of quarterbacks on uh, yesterday's show. So, I mean, 
I mean, I mentioned Bortles. Uh, he's, do you know, he's only 4,700 on DraftKings. Um, it's that's so, incredible. I mean, he runs a lot too. He's not just like this big dude, but he's fast. He really is right. fast. He's going to get you 30, 40 rushing yards against Indianapolis. Yeah. And to give you an idea. So if you play cash games and if, if you're listening to the show and you're like, what do you guys mean? Cause I've had a few people ask me, so I want to explain on the show. Yeah. Good call. When, when we talk about GPPs and when we talk about cash games, GPPs are guaranteed prize pools. Those are tournaments. Um, so when you're playing, basically you want to finish at the top. So you're going to take on more risk. You're okay with that. But if you're playing in cash games, we're talking about taking low risk. All you have to do is finish in the top half of you know, whether it's 10 people, whether it's 2000 people, you just have to finish in the top yeah. half and you double your money, essentially. So um, cash games are a lot more safe. So when you play in cash on DraftKings, what you're looking for is 2.5 times value. So when I see that Blake Bortles is 4,700, what it means is that all he needs is 11.7 fantasy points in order to hit value. And then everywhere else in your lineup, you have some high floor options and, and kind of go from there. So, yeah, it's easy to get high floor options at running back and wide receiver when you spend up. It's easier to hit yep. value when you spend down at quarterback. So the Bortles play kind of makes sense. I mean, there's a chance he throws for 95 yards again, but it's not like it's <laughs> Pittsburgh's defense he's facing this time. It's Indianapolis. Exactly. And Indianapolis has not allowed a quarterback fewer than 14 fantasy points this year. So, I mean, I'm, I'm debating it. Like, it depends on roster construction and how you feel about everybody else. If you can find value, you know, at running back and wide receiver, you don't have to go down uh, at quarterback, but it, it's tempting. I'll say that. Yeah. There's great value at wide receiver this week, and we're going to get into that. Tags, you asked me who I wouldn't play. And in cash games, I wouldn't play anyone who's not named Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, and Carson Wentz. Everybody else, completely off the table in cash games. GPP games, it's a lot different. There's a lot of guys I like. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, I know he hasn't been good. I know he has no one to pass to. But against the Bucs, there's a chance he runs for 90 or 100 yards with a touchdown or two. Um, He could, you know, put together one of those games, 25, 30 fantasy points as he's done before. You know who's a really interesting and like, you're probably going to be like, no, Mike, this is a homer in you. And I'm not a homer. I think we've established the fact that I hate on my bears more than I love them. But I think Mitch Trubisky is a weird, like off the charts play uh, against Carolina. So Carolina has struggled against the pass over the last four weeks. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford and Carson Wentz. So they're all, you know, top tier quarterbacks. But every single one of them have scored at least 17 fantasy points. And Mitch Trubisky has a higher floor than most just because he, he can run the ball. Now, I think he only threw the ball 16 times last week. But you're not going to be able to run the ball consistently on Carolina. Carolina stops the run extremely well, and it looks like Luke Keekley yeah. is going to play. So that obviously helps the run defense. So at 4,600, like that, that's that's the thing that caught my eye. It was like 4,600. Like, wait a minute. Four, okay, 4,600. Zero, zero. Like, it's just they're bringing prices down so far that it's making me think about these. Now, I'm not saying it's the sharpest play out there, but 4,600, that's just so cheap. Yeah, it is really cheap. Um I wasn't going to laugh at you about it. I I wanted to hear your argument. And, (laughs) you know, it it makes sense. He's not on my radar, though. I'll say that. Yeah, no, it's fair. I just wanted to bring it up because I was like, I I don't think I've ever seen a starting quarterback at 4,600. But here he is. Brett Hundley's on my radar against the Saints. He's stupid cheap, too. And we don't know what he's going to be. I would not play him in cash games. There's no way I'm playing him in cash games. But for GPP. I think he's going to have pretty big ownership, like 15%. Yeah, I'm worried about their offensive line. Uh, It does sound like they're going to be without three starting offensive linemen. Uh, The Saints defense, as of late, has been looking really good. Again, like like, competition plays a lot into what teams have allowed to this point because it's a really, really small sample size. But New Orleans defense does look a lot better than I think people anticipated. Yeah. And Russell Wilson is always on the table for GPP. I know he's going against the Giants, so a lot of people are going to be off him. But for GPP, all it takes is one long run for Russell Wilson, and he could end up as the top quarterback of the week. We've seen it happen a lot of times before. In fact, he makes that jump to the elite tier of of quarterbacks more often than just about anybody else. Him and Cam Newton both do it. Um, So they're both on my radar. Cam Newton's going against Chicago, and I like Chicago's defense quite a bit this year. In fact, I think Chicago is a decent team. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish eight and eight tags. Well, that's the thing. So their defense could be good, but they're so banged up. Their linebacker core is so yeah. damaged. Like if, if they were all healthy. Yeah, I, I said that the Bears had an underrated defense. Um, but as of right now, it's just there's so many injuries on it's hard to like very much. But I, I like your Russell Wilson call because the Giants is is as um I don't know as much stock as people put into their defense and that it's such a great defense they really haven't been they've allowed seven passing touchdowns over the last three weeks they've allowed two quarterbacks to throw for more than 330 yards 
So, I mean, it is in New York, which which plays into, you know, them a little bit. They haven't been able to pressure a quarterback. So if Russell Wilson gets some time, could be an interesting play. Yeah. And the only other guy on my radar, and then we can move on to running back unless you have anyone else tags. Uh, Carson Palmer against the Rams. Carson Palmer just throws so much that I throw him into GPP lineups every week. And the Rams, um, you know, they're going to be missing their top cornerback, uh, Tremaine Johnson. They don't tackle very well. So I could see a couple big plays going and Carson Palmer just piling up the yards, getting a few touchdowns. Yeah, it's interesting. I th- I think Carson Palmer lacks a little bit of upside that I would want. Uh, it's a stat that I found this offseason that I want to say a little over the last six years, there have been just three games or two or three games that Carson Palmer has ever scored 26 fantasy points, which is like what you need when you're paying like six, seven thousand dollars for a quarterback. You need him to hit yeah. like three, four times his salary. And it's just it seems like he just doesn't have that upside. Uh, but I don't that think that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think it's like the worst. I mean, he's not, I just... he's not passing to Chad Ochocinco and TJ Hushmanzada anymore. It's a completely <laughs> different wide receiver core. And, yeah. you know, they play a lot slower. They've got Adrian Peterson, who now they're handing the ball to 25 times a game, apparently. So um, it is a big risk. That's why you only use it for GPP. But he intrigues me a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of 25 carries a game. Are you paying up for any of the running backs this week? I mean, Le'Veon Bell, I don't like that much at 9,100 because I know he's going to be heavily owned. With all the touches he'd be getting, like his ownership will be, I mean, what are you going to guess? Like 20%, 25% against Cincinnati? And uh, Depends on the site. Uh, DraftKings full PPR, yeah. he's probably going to be 35%. I know you don't have as much money to spend there, but for cash games, 35 to 40%. And if you haven't played DraftKings now, is the perfect time to give it a try because they set up an exclusive contest for Fantasy Pros listeners. You can win a lifetime Fantasy Pro subscription and a thousand bucks. It's just $1 to enter at fantasypros.com slash DraftKings. And they put together a really cool game for us. You have eight tiers of three to eight players, and you just have to pick one player from each tier. There's no salary cap. Just pick the best players. And if you beat everyone, including Tags and I, you'll walk away with a lifetime membership to Fantasy Pros plus $1,000. Tags and I gave our input on players we like at the start of the Start Sit Show yesterday. And if you want to go back and listen to that, you can find it really easily. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash DraftKings. On FanDuel, you have a lot more money to spend, but his price is all the way up at 9700 I think Cincinnati defends the run pretty well. Mm-hmm. Even still, I mean, he is game script proof. He's going to get 80 yards through the air, probably seven receptions. It's just what Le'Veon Bell does. So it's kind of hard to fade him, but we don't have that much money to spend. So Ezekiel Elliott has to be the guy for me. He's $1,000 cheaper, goes against way worse of defense in San Francisco. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I especially in FanDuel, I would lean Ezekiel Elliott because he, sh- he should score a touchdown or two in that game. Uh, on DraftKings, I don't think I'm paying up for Bell or Zeke just because, so like like I said, Bell's going to be heavily owned. So even if he does something, it's not going to totally, you know, set you out aside from the crowd. You know, it's not going to uh, win you the week. Le'Veon Bell, again, against Cincinnati. So the Cincinnati team, they do defend the run really well. And there may be a reason where Ben Roethlisberger doesn't necessarily need to pass to Le'Veon Bell this week so much. Antonio Brown, the cornerbacks that that Cincinnati sticks out there are Adam Jones and Drake Kirkpatrick. So Adam Jones has been missing practice all week. Drake Kirkpatrick is banged up. We don't even know if, if either of them are going to play. And if one of them plays, the sides of the field that they've been on, Adam Jones usually plays against Martavis Bryant, whereas Drake Kirkpatrick plays against Antonio Brown. It's it's really interesting, but I just think that the wide receiver matchups are better than people think this week against Cincinnati. So uh, I would actually go down. I'd save some money and I'd go down to LaShawn McCoy against Tampa Bay. This Tampa Bay defense, the one that was, you know, shredded last week by Adrian Peterson. <laughs> that's a good call. I mean, that's only one week, though. Over the season, they're in the middle of the pack. They are. But if you go and like looking at the last four weeks, they've allowed. So I have like I have my own spreadsheets that I kind of put together and I, I just basically look at the team fantasy points that were scored, not necessarily one running back, because when you have someone like LaShawn McCoy, he's going to get 90% of the fantasy output, right? So in three of the last four weeks, they've allowed at least 26 PPR points to opposing teams, uh, never less than 19.4. And that was against the Giants. So the Giants really don't run the ball. We know that the week after that, it was against the Patriots who haven't really they haven't really racked up much you know, on the ground. So it's really tough for me to not like LaShawn McCoy coming off a bye week, a team that doesn't have any receiving options. He's going to catch a whole lot of passes. He basically is the best wide receiver on this team, and he's going to get some carries against Tampa Bay. So, yeah, I would rather just save the money and go down to him at 7,400 on DraftKings. I'm looking at him right now, though. He scored 26 points since week one. 
Yeah, he's been. Like he's just not bad. getting it done. This offense is not very good. I can't use him in cash tags. Yeah, in cash, I'd pr- I think you could actually save and go down a little bit further. But it's really difficult for me this week at running back. Is like, do you want to spend up for Le'Veon Bell just to get the safety of it, or do you want to go down to someone like Chris Thompson? I mean, he's fifty-seven hundred in a game. He's not safe though. He, I actually think he might be this week. And the reason I say that is just because Philadelphia, they've. You know, we talked about this, the fact that over the last two weeks, they've allowed just 18 yards on 26 carries. And then the receiving totals that they've allowed over and over and over again. Chris Thompson is making a name for himself in the, like in the NFL right now. And this is a game where Philadelphia, we talked about it. They're going to post points on Washington. It's going to happen. This game is taking place in Philly. There's no reason that Philly shouldn't post points. So Washington... They're also lacking pass catchers. I mean, think about it. Like Terrell Pryor has been bad. Josh Doxson's not playing a lot of snaps. Uh, Jamison Crowder, he's been playing injured, maybe. I mean, we have to assume that. Jordan Reed hasn't done anything. So it's like Chris Thompson, out of necessity, has been a very, like, very heavily relied upon. What, what's his salary on DraftKings? 5,700. 5,700. So for cash games, he needs to get to what? 13.5? Yeah, roughly 13. Yeah. He's done that two out of five weeks this season. No. 13. 25, 32, and then 13 again. So, so yeah, so his floor has been 13 points then, right? Uh, his floor is two. Well, I mean, outside of one game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't trust Chris Thompson. Like, he's done it so far this year, um, but he doesn't even, it's not like he gets that many receptions. He's getting some looks and everything, but Kirk Cousins spreads the ball around. Like, if I'm dropping down, I'm going Mark Ingram, who looked great last week. Uh, CJ Anderson is he's I can't use him in cash after what he did last week, but Joe Mixon, he's the other guy in my cash game lineup. I love Joe Mixon all the way down there. Super duper cheap. $5,600. He's going to get 15 to 20 carries against a bad run defense coming off the bye. So I, I want to go back to Chris Thompson real quick for a second. Cause I was okay. like, there's, yeah. there's no way. So I, I was just pulling, I pulled it up. And so his PPR points by each week, uh, which is like I said, DraftKings, that's what I'm talking about. I wouldn't play him on, on FanDuel, uh, but 15.6 in week one, uh, 25.6 in week two, uh, 30.8 in week three. And then uh, last week he had 17.8. So like his, his okay. floor outside of one bad yeah, week against PPR Kansas City. Yeah. yeah. So against, against Kansas City was like his one week game uh outside of that game he's been like a super high floor and again so the the matchup that he has this week is against Philadelphia a team that he already played in week one when he scored the 15.6 now granted he he scored a long receiving touchdown in that game but he also only got seven touches last week he got a season high 20 touches they actually let him carry the ball 16 times and as we mentioned you know Philly is not going to allow Rob Kelly and Samaje P. Ryan to do anything against them so um, I yeah. just wanted to go back because I was like that sounds like really like too low for Chris Thompson um, but I do like the the Mark Ingram call though what do you think about Joe Mixon and we got to talk about Adrian Peterson I mean he's cheap $6,300 on FanDuel he's going up against the Rams got 26 carries last game uh, I don't think he gets that or even really close to it, but he's going to get at least 15, right? Uh, Yeah, no, he's definitely in the RB2 conversation for me. Uh, So, I mean, he can be considered against the Rams defense that even with Aaron Donald back, they've been pitiful against the run. You know, looking at the Cowboys, Alfred Morris was able to go off for like a 70, I think it was like a 75 yard run against them. Fournette broke off a long run at the beginning of the game. Do we think that, you know, Adrian Peterson can break the long run like he did against Tampa Bay again? I don't know. I'm not you know, I was someone before the season, Bobby, that, and you know, like, I think both of us were on the same page with Peterson and the fact that saying that he wasn't done, you don't want to write off Adrian Peterson. He's proven us wrong so many times, time and time and again, but I'm also now on the other side of the fence where there's like so many people going all in on Adrian Peterson. And I'm kind of sitting back and saying, this doesn't look like the same Adrian Peterson guys. Like I understand he had a, he had a really good game against the, the Bucks, but it was like in blowout fashion. It was a, a game where they got up ex- like very fast, ext- like extremely fast. Andre Ellington wasn't asked to do anything because basically because the Bucks weren't putting up a fight. So they didn't need to throw the ball to their running backs like they typically do. So Peterson, I'm avoiding him. I don't think I could play him in cash. Don't think I'd want to play him in tournaments. I think that Joe Mixon one is interesting. He's a must play for me. I am definitely playing Joe Mixon. I'm building my lineup around him. First guy going into my lineup. Are you concerned that Pittsburgh gets up early, um, like at home? 
I mean, it could happen in any game. We, we saw the Giants get up early in Denver last week. So, I mean, game script is, is important, but I'm just not sure you can definitely project that. I, Cincinnati has, has a solid offense. I know their offensive line is not great, but they've got all kinds of weapons coming off the bye. So I'd say there's a 55% chance it happens. In Pittsburgh, the reason that I'm having difficulty liking um, the Bengals options so much this week is Pittsburgh has the third highest sack percentage this year which obviously means they're they're getting pressure on quarterbacks. And Andy Dalton, his offensive line, he's been running for his life. He's one of the yeah. most sacked quarterbacks in terms of percentage-wise. So I just, I'm trying to figure out how this goes, because I do like Joe Mixon. I wish they would use him more in the receiving game, but it just seems like they're, they're pretty dead set on using Giovanni Bernard as the primary passing down back. And that's my only concern with Mixon. And I don't, that's what I'm saying. He's not expensive, so it's not like you're paying a whole lot of money where I feel bad about it. But at the same time, that, that just makes me a little queasy uh, in cash games. That's all. They're pretty dead set on not making the playoffs because they're not using Joe Mixon, right? <laughs> yeah. hey, remember That's when true. I told you that uh, Christian McCaffrey was going to be like the second coming of Reggie Bush? And uh, you were saying, how is he possibly going to get to uh, you know a top 15 running back? I said he's going to get Reggie Bush's 88 rookie receptions. He's on pace for 98 right now, Tags. Yeah, he's been so bad as a runner, but I, I, I've said it before and I'll say he's it again. He's not a runner. He's, better... he's, he's going to be a pure wide receiver in two years. That's basically what they need to, to realize is that that's he's kind of like that role player. He's kind of like a glorified uh, Darren Sproles. That's kind of what he is. Like Darren Sproles was actually better as a runner. Um, he's just he's not breaking any tackles. He just gets swallowed up, not doing much of anything. But as a receiver, that's where it comes in. We're talking about fantasy. And if we're going over to DraftKings, the question is, would you play him over guys like Doug Martin? And Carlos Hyde this week. Yeah. Yeah. And GPP, I would. I think McCaffrey has more big play upside. Um, Doug Martin, he's a really interesting one for GPP because he's, I think he's an awesome running back, like a top eight running back. It's not the best matchup though. Yeah. He looks really good. Like Doug Martin, like looks fantastic coming back, but you're right. It's not a great matchup in three of the five games that the bills have played this year. They have held opposing running backs, the, the entire team below 70 yards rushing. So it's not a great matchup, but at the same time, Doug Martin has been playing extremely well. They're going to run him because uh, obviously if Jameis uh, Jameis Winston plays, he's not going to be 100 percent. They're going to re- rely on their run game a little bit more than they normally would. Um, but what about Carlos Hyde against Dallas? Could this be a game where it's like Dallas gets out front? You know, it's, it's very light boxes. Sean Lee should be back for this game. But at the same time, Carlos Hyde has been seeing a lot of work in most games. Are you talking about cash games or GPP? There is no way. I am ever playing Carlos Hyde again, as long as he plays for San Francisco in a cash game. <laughs> That's true. It's yeah. After what happened in that Colts game, but I attribute that to just like a bad game. I just feel like he had a really bad game. I attribute um, that to them trying to get the first overall pick. I, I don't know <laughs> what they could possibly be thinking. Well, I mean, I was talking to our producer about that earlier today, and he said that there's no truth to them trading away Carlos Hyde. And I, I think as a franchise, it would be dumb not to at least consider a trade if you haven't extended him yet, because regardless of what all of us talk about with fantasy football, running back is the most replaceable position on the field. Like, yeah. so I like Carlos Hyde as a running back, and I think he can offer a team something. But at the same time, I don't think it's how you rebuild your franchise around Carlos Hyde. I think one player that I don't I didn't think I'd ever say this about, but in cash games over on FanDuel, I think you should be able to consider LeGarrette Blunt. What? Okay, you're going to have to talk me into this one. I have not even considered that. Uh, the reason I say LeGarrette Blunt, he's been playing extremely well recently, like better yeah, than I yeah. He's been breaking tackles and everything. What in the world is going on? Yep. Ever since he wasn't given a carry uh, against Kansas City in week two, he's been kind of going off like he just he looks a lot better. I don't know if it has to do with Carson Wentz throwing the ball as good as he is, but he's only scored one touchdown that time, too, uh, even though he is running the ball. Well, he had he had a touchdown. I think it was last week that was called back due to a penalty or that was maybe in week five. But going against Washington again, this is a Washington defense that's going to be forced to drop people back, like the linebackers back in coverage, to, to worry about the receiving game because they just don't have enough options on defense right now. The, you know, everything is right for him. He's a home running back. He's a big favorite. And there's really the game script should play right into his role. So, again, this is a running back that I should see. I I, I don't think you could project LeGarrette Blunt for fewer than 15 carries. And he, he's pretty cheap. So... I yeah. don't think I'd ever say that, but LeGarrette Blunt has he's been playing really well. Tags, there's one more guy that catches my eye, um, and then we can move on unless you have somebody else. It's Derrick Henry at Cleveland. I know that DeMarco Murray, they say he's going to split the carries, but he's got the hammy issue. They're going against Cleveland. 
why not just not let him play? I'm, I'm not saying they're going to make that decision, but like if they get up two touchdowns early, are you telling me Derrick Henry's not going to end up with 25 carries? Um, I mean, they've already talked about saying that the timeshare that they had uh, last week is what they want to have kind of going forward. And but yeah, when he's healthy, he's not healthy right now. So why would they give it to him if they're going to win by 30 points? I think he's making excuses. I think he's done. Um, like, OK, he just he looks slow. DeMarco Murray just looks bad. He's looked bad. And that's the thing is not it's not just recently. He's looked bad. Like DeMarco Murray's looked bad for the last 12 games they played. And I kind of went back and looked at that this week. And Derrick Henry's outplayed him basically dating back to week 10 of last year. Every Um, single week. Yeah. Yeah. The only concern with Henry is that he is he's not involved in the passing game. And I don't know if that has to do with because they just view DeMarco Murray as the better receiver. And I think he is the better receiver. But I'd like to see him more involved there because Cleveland has actually done really well against the run. They've struggled uh, against pass catching running backs. So um, it's one where I'm a little worried about Uh, two players. I want to mention for tournaments because you definitely don't want to use them in cash. But Marlon Mack um, at home against Jacksonville. Robert Robert Turbin was just announced that he's out for the year with a dislocated elbow. That sounds painful. Frank Gore is done. I have no I stopped trotting Frank Gore out there. Marlon Mack is is the future. Um, I think they're going to start to give him more touches to see what they have in him to figure out whether or not they need to go out and get another running back this offseason because Frank Gore is done. Robert Turbin is not the answer. So is Marlon Mack the guy? I think he is. So let's see him play. Uh, he's one. And I also think that Mike Gillisley is going to be extremely underowned because uh, the fumble last week. I'm not sitting here telling you that to play Gillisley in cash. I'm not saying that at all, but he's going to have 1% ownership and there's much higher than 1% chance that he can help someone win a tournament. Exactly. And think about that. This game has an over under of 55 points. It it's at home. He's at home. He is a home favorite. He did get carries later in that game uh, last week. So he wasn't like on the bench for the rest of the game. Like Belichick did put him back in the game and the game was close against the jets. So it's not like he's in the doghouse where he's not going to get carries. I think he learned his lesson, all that fun stuff, but I think there's a much better than 1% chance that he helps out and he's so cheap and nobody's going to play him. So again, not in cash or anything, but if you're making multiple tournament lineups, I suggest putting Gillisley in a few. Yeah, that makes sense. Tags moving over to wide receiver. I have never had an easier time picking wide receivers than I did this week. It's just simple. Okay. Des Bryant at San Francisco. He's going to get a ton of targets. He's going to get all the goal line work, all the red zone work. Um, and this is the first time he's been in a, in a decent matchup. Actually, he had one other time and he went crazy. And then Benny Fowler, he's super cheap and he is going to get a bunch of targets as well. I know he's not very good, but we talked about it last show. He's been getting a lot of red zone work for the Broncos and uh, he's just so cheap. Like he's, he's a safe bet to get five, six, seven receptions and 50 yards. Maybe he'll sneak into the end zone once or twice. Yeah, I, I definitely like the Dez call. I, I love Dez. Like on both sites, Dez is definitely playable. He's he's going to score a touchdown. That's just going to happen. That's what's that's what happens with Dez Bryant when he plays against bad cornerbacks. He's going to dominate them. AJ Green, I do like at eighty three hundred. Again, this is a game where I do think that that Pittsburgh gets up early and it's going to be a heavy throwing scenario for the Bengals. And A.J. Green, ever since um, they switched offensive coordinators, he's been seeing over 10 targets per game. He's been producing. He scored a touchdown in each game uh, against Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden's not a good cornerback anymore. They play zone coverage, but I, I, I would not wonder for a second if they scheme uh, A.J. Green over to Joe Hayden's side of the field a lot more often than maybe than usual. So A.J. Green at 8,300, if you're paying up for a wide receiver, it's him or Antonio Brown. Um, Again, if Adam Jones is out for this game or if Drake Kirkpatrick is out for this game, that upgrades Antonio Brown's matchup. I don't I don't see any way how you I don't see any way how you fade Antonio Brown. But so A.J. Green, Antonio Brown does Bryant. That's like the upper tier. I wouldn't play Evans just at the concern that Jameis Winston isn't himself. Like, that's my concern there. Ryan Fitzpatrick showed willingness to, I mean, we know Ryan Fitzpatrick right now. He's kind of like that Jay Cutler-esque quarterback where he just straight degaffs it and uh, he's willing to throw the double coverage and that's fine, but he could also be very off of his game like he was in 2016. So Mike Evans is a little scary. I'm fine in tournaments with him, but I think you can spend a little bit less and get Mike Thomas uh, against Green Bay. Yeah, that's good. Um, But if you're going to go down, like if you want to talk about some mid price and some lower price wide receivers, I love Robert Woods and I know nobody's going to really care about like Robert Woods and nobody wants to listen, but I'm going to play him in cash this week on DraftKings um, at 40, at f- actually not 4,100, 4,000 even. 
Uh, he's a guy that is 66 yards or more in three of the last four games. And it's not on some big play either. He's catching like five passes a game. Uh, he's doing extremely well. You have Sammy Watkins matched up with Patrick Peterson. You have Cooper Cup with Tyron Matthew. And Robert Woods is going to get the soon-to-be-benched Justin Bethel uh, in coverage. Justin Bethel has allowed six touchdowns in his coverage already this year. And there's oh, not another man. cornerback... There- There's no other cornerback in the NFL who's allowed more than four touchdowns in their coverage. So Bruce Arians has already talked about him getting benched. Like, it's just something that we look at every single week and you could just like, it's like clockwork against the Cardinals. So Robert Woods with his recent, again, at 4,000, you're talking about a guy that needs to score 10 points to hit value. That's five catches for 50 yards and not even a touchdown. So I'm fine. He's been doing that that like every single week for what? Four straight weeks now. Pretty much. There was one week where he didn't, but that's about it. Um, Danny Amendola, do you like Danny Amendola this week? I like Chris Hogan. I I like them both. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tom Brady's going to have a a real nice week, and both those guys are going to be involved. Yeah, Amendola's just too freaking expensive on DraftKings. I was hoping he would be in like the 4,000 range. He's 5,600. Like, why? Yeah, I'm not spending that. That's kind of where I'm at, where I'm like, man, even if he scores a touchdown and he catches like, you know, 30, 40 yards, he's he's just at value. So that's not worth it to me. But I think Danny Amendola is a sharp play. Like, he's like someone that's going to be probably overlooked because of Brandon Cooks and Chris Hogan, but I think Amendola is a smart play. I already said my uh, my cash game plays, and there's really no one else I'd consider besides Antonio Brown, um, but really there's there's no one else I can comfortably recommend. So I'm going to talk about some GPP guys that I like. Y- you've got to see Taylor Gabriel. It's going to be a shootout of a game. He just needs one big play. He gets one big play like half the games he plays in, so kind of makes sense against the Patriots who are giving up a ton of points. Atlanta's probable total is 27 points. It's really high, man. Yeah, so many people are going to play Julio Jones because they're like they're going to buy into this. The squeaky wheel gets the grease and all that. But guys, New England schemes against number one wide receivers. Bill Belichick's not stupid. <laughs> like, you know, Dan Quinn coming out in the media this week saying, oh, yeah, we need to get Julio Jones the ball more like Belichick's just sitting back laughing like we're going to bracket you all game long. Like Julio Jones is, is probably going to get maybe 80, 90 yards. We know he doesn't get targeted in the red zone. Um, he has one red zone target, I think, in the entire year. So, like, don't play Julio Jones this week, guys. Yeah, that's amazing. Everyone's going to look at the matchup and see that he's the only wide receiver with a great matchup. And they're going to think, oh, I got to play Julio Jones. His ownership is going to be like 20, 25 percent. And it's a bad play. Yeah. And it's like the high total and people are going to be chasing that. And it's just I mean, again, Julio Jones is my favorite wide receiver in the game. I think he's the most talented wide receiver in the game. uh, But this is not a week where I would want to play him. Um, And he's disappointed in a lot of good matchups this this year. So it's just it's tough to trust him, man. But I I do like the Gabriel call. I think that's interesting um, in a game where they're definitely going to have to throw. I think my favorite play from the Falcons comes at the tight end spot. And that's that's uh, um, where we're going now, obviously, Austin yeah, Hooper. Austin Hooper. Fantastic. There's a couple other wide receivers I want to hit on really quick. Uh, Brandon Cooks against Atlanta. I, I've already mentioned this is the third Patriots guy, and I'm going to talk about Rob Gronkowski too. Somebody's going to have a really big game. Maybe it's Cooks. Maybe it's Amendola. Maybe it's Hogan. Maybe it's Gronk. Maybe it's two of them, but somebody's going to do it. So uh, get some exposure to all those guys. Um, now, the other player, Larry Fitzgerald, we already talked about him. He's a top seven wide receiver again this season. I know he's going to fade eventually. He always does, but it might not happen this week. The Rams without Trumaine Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald could go crazy. Larry Fitzgerald, the matchup is just not what I would want it to be against the Rams. Like he doesn't have the best matchup on the field. I think that John Brown has a really, really good matchup. And like, honestly, even if Tremaine Johnson were to play, which I don't think he's slated to play right now, uh, he's in concussion protocol. The last I heard he wasn't cleared. So if he's not cleared by now, it's unlikely. Um, But even if Tremaine Johnson did play, I would like John Brown this game because Tremaine Johnson is like one of the bigger cornerbacks in the NFL. He's like six foot over 200 pounds. He's physical. Uh, man. He is. He's one of the better, you know, man-to-man guys that can handle a a bigger wide receiver but John Brown is not that guy Um, John Brown been playing more snaps he's like the thing is we just been waiting for him to get on that same page with Carson Palmer and uh, it's only a matter of time because he's been practicing a lot more recently which is really good Um, so I I like John Brown as a tournament play I think that's one I should mention and uh, another squeaky wheel gets the grease situation Martavis Bryant then the reason so again we mentioned Adam Jones might not play Adam Jones plays on his side of the field the majority of the time so or Martavis that's where he takes a snap at left wide receiver Adam Pacman Jones has stayed at right wide receiver or right cornerback which is defending him right so there's been rumors obviously we talked about the trade rumors on this show but what 
you know, the fallout from that is that there's there's league spokespeople talking about how they don't know if it's likely they don't see a trade happening with Martavis. So what do the Steelers have to do here? There's only one solution if you can't trade him. You have to like you have to feed him the ball. You have to make this guy happy because he has to be part of your offense if he's going to be on your team. Otherwise, it's just going to be um, a headache for your team. So Martavis Bryant at 4,300. He's dirt cheap. Pairing with Ben Roethlisberger in a tournament and see what happens. Yeah, I like that call a lot. Uh, three other guys that are on my radar here. Richard Matthews, Tennessee, hasn't got it done yet. Going up against Cleveland. Cleveland's actually stopping the run, so I could see them passing quite a bit at the start of the game. You mentioned Mariota and liking him. Uh, mm-hmm. The other guy, Alan Hearns, you mentioned Blake Bortles. He could have a big game. Uh, I don't know about a big game, but he could hit value. He should hit value. And Alan Hearns with Marquise Lee banged up could have a really nice game. And then Eric Decker, he's got multi-touchdown upside. Uh, same thing with Tennessee going up against Cleveland. I think Mariota is going to get three, four passing touchdowns. Decker could haul in two, maybe even three of them. Well, uh, his matchup actually in the slot against, uh, I don't want to mispronounce this guy's name. Uh, it's Brian or Brian. I, I'm not positive. Uh, Brian body Calhoun. Uh, he's actually been their one of their better cornerbacks in the slot for Cleveland this year. Uh, he came on at the second half of last year playing pretty decent. Uh, they've been really beat on the perimeter by, by deep threat wide receivers. So I do like the Richard Matthews call. I think he's someone that will probably be under owned because of recent performance, but I think it's good. Uh, if, if Corey Davis is out again, which I don't know if he's been ruled out yet, but I think Rashard Matthews is a sharp call. And I do like, uh, obviously Delaney Walker. Yeah. Let's talk about tight ends. Delaney Walker. Is he your definite playing cash games? Oh, it's really tough, right? Because they, they jacked up his price and he's 5,800 on DraftKings, which is like where I primarily, pl- primarily play my cash games. And like, like FanDuel is more for like tournament play and I'll kind of, I'll throw some tournaments out there, but in cash over on DraftKings, it's really tough for me to spend that much tight end. Cause they, they brought him up to 5,800. He's the third most expensive tight end. I actually would probably rather go down to 4,900 and play Jimmy Graham. Uh, okay, Jimmy Graham yeah. against the Giants. The Giants are so bad against tight ends. And like, so news came out that um, Dominique Rogers Cromartie is returning to the Giants team. And I was like, oh, this is a big freaking surprise. Uh, of course, he's returning to the team because you're about to play Doug Baldwin, one of the best slot wide receivers in the game. And you don't want to be without your best slot cornerback, who's been really, really good over the last couple of years. So, of course, Dominique Rogers Cromartie is coming back. So what does this leave Russell Wilson? Does it leave him to go to Tyler Lockett uh, against you know, Eli Apple or whoever, Ross Cockrell, does it leave you to go to Paul Richardson against Janoris Jenkins? No, you do what every other team has done against the Giants and you throw to the tight end. They've allowed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tight ends to finish his top 12 options against them this year. They've allowed touchdowns in, they've actually allowed a tight end touchdown in every single game. So Wow. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Graham coming off the bye. He's an older, you know, tight end. He's taken a beating over the years. I just I think this is a week to play Jimmy Graham. Uh there's a lot of great tight end plays this week. Rob Gronkowski, another yeah, good is. play. He's really expensive. I mean, it's only if you have the money. And I probably won't have the money because I'm spending up at wide receiver. Uh, Delaney Walker, he's cheap on FanDuel. He's the number seven most expensive tight end. And we've got Austin Safarian Jenkins, Cameron Bray even ahead of him. Evan Ingram's been getting a ton of work and he's going to get even more now with everybody hurt. Seattle doesn't defend tight ends very well. Uh, and then Austin Hooper. Why don't you tell us about Austin Hooper this week, Tags? Yeah, Austin Hooper is a great play. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, he uh, with Mohamed Sanu out, he has seen, uh, I think it's 16 targets over the last two weeks. And, you know, talking about touchdowns, the only area that's been lacking of, of Austin Hooper's kind of like resume right now is touchdowns, right? He scored a touchdown against the Bears, that big long one that everybody talks about. It was like an 80-yard touchdown where he broke multiple tackles. But if you go and you look at what New England has really struggled with, it's tight ends. Ed Dixon's the only starting tight end outside of Travis Kelsey. They didn't allow a score, but Travis Kelsey was the number one option on that team, which we talked about Belichick, what he does. He literally assigned a linebacker all the time to Travis Kelsey to cover him, like to stay with him at all times. And sometimes he would bring a corner down to stay with Travis Kelsey. It was insane. Like it's so hard to, to focus on a tight end in coverage, but that's what he did. He was like, no, we're going to take Travis Kelsey out of the game. We'll let someone else beat us outside of that. Uh, Cause they did allow Demetrius Harris to score a touchdown that game. So it was a tight end. They've allowed a tight end in five of their six games this year. We obviously know this game has a massive total. It seems like Julio Jones will be bracketed. It seems like Mohamed Sanu will be out. Yes, we like Taylor Gabriel, but it's hard not to project Matt Ryan for at least 300 passing yards and two touchdowns. So when you're doing that and like trying to spread it out, 
Austin Hooper is going to be a big part of that. Attack the weakness of this defense. They've allowed, uh, it's now three of the last four games, they've allowed top five tight ends. So Austin Hooper is a fantastic play. And I, I would argue that he could even be used in cash. Yeah, I would definitely consider using Austin Hooper in cash. Uh, there's two other players that we haven't even mentioned that have good matchups. Austin Safarian Jenkins against the Dolphins. Dolphins are terrible against tight ends. And then Hunter Henry getting a ton of targets mm-hmm. lately. All that playing time against Denver, who's also bad against tight ends. Hunter Henry, man. Like, I'm I'm, I'm all in on Hunter Henry. If you want to play him in cash every week, I am good with it. because Every like, week, you said? Every single week. It, because Philip Rivers, what he does with his tight ends, it's like clockwork. You know, we could always count on this, right? There's a reason that Antonio Gates was so good for so long in fantasy football leagues and it's not necessarily because Antonio Gates was like the most physically dominant tight end like a Rob Gronkowski like a like a Travis Kelsey no he he ran good routes and that's fine but when you talk about Philip Rivers like what he does like there's certain quarterbacks that target their tight ends a lot he does a lot Andrew Luck does a lot you see some of these better quarterbacks doing it Hunter Henry started the year playing just 30 percent of the snaps he's now this last week he played 83 percent Antonio Gates dropped down to the 50% range. Hunter Henry is the go-to target in this offense. And honestly, they need to start going to him more than they do Keenan Allen because Hunter Henry is actually producing with his targets. Tags, defense is ugly this week. I'm actually going down in cash games to Miami. I'm just not going to spend much money. I think the Jets are a sure bet to uh, to give up you know, 8 to 12 fantasy points. And the Dolphins haven't allowed more than 20 points all season. They get after the quarterback all right. They're going to force a turnover or two this week. So I think they're a nice, safe play. There's really nobody that stands out here. I mean, Tennessee goes against Cleveland. That's the best matchup, but Tennessee's not safe, right? No, Tennessee's not really safe. I mean, like it's like a dart throw, like that's like a tournament play for you uh, because I mean, they're cheaper, right? But yeah. they're not even that cheap on DraftKings. The defense I came across on both sites was the Vikings. Uh, I don't know why they're one. not. That's a really good one. I don't know why they're not higher priced than the sites because like you think about it, they're at home. They're against a Baltimore team. Joe Flacco turns the ball over every single game. Uh, They don't have a good offensive line. Like everything lines up here for the Vikings defense. And it just kind of was like, okay, this seems like the safest play on the board. I do like the Dolphins defense. They've been playing a lot better recently. I think Pittsburgh can be considered talking about the sack rates and what Andy Dalton has been. He's been under duress because he's got a bad offensive line. And then, you know, your defense of the week last week, the New Orleans Saints. I I think you can. Yeah. Yeah. Against Green Bay without three offensive linemen with a starting quarterback that hasn't really seen much game action. It's his first start. I mean, I I think you could definitely do worse. I've got to go back to the Vikings because I really like that call. I don't think anyone realizes how good their defense has been this year because in fantasy, well, they haven't gotten the end zone yet, and that just changes the ball game so much, but they've given up 19, 26 points to uh, Ben Roethlisberger, 17, 14, 17, 10. They're getting after the quarterback. Uh, Griffin has a sack in what? five of his last six games. He's just going crazy. And uh, they've only got one fumble recovery too, which a lot of that is just random luck. I mean, I know some teams force fumbles better than others. And Charles Tillman was the best at that. So I'm not going to say it's complete luck, but there's a lot of luck in the way the ball bounces and everything like that. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's the thing with defenses. It really, it's really tough. And um, I think it was Jim uh, when we had him on yesterday. He's like, what you look for in a defense is you're looking for a guy that play a defense that plays against a quarterback who's ideally going to throw the ball a lot and when he does that it's going to put you in a lot of good opportunities right and I, I that's what the thing is with Joe Flacco right now he's just he's handcuffing the Ravens franchise I was talking about this on Sigmund Bloom's podcast the other day and like as a real life football question what do the Ravens do with Joe Flacco right now because like even if you're a Joe, even if you're a Joe Flacco supporter and I understand his his offensive line is not great you know his wide receivers aren't great but he legitimately looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in football right now and um, like some historically bad numbers that he's putting up. So I just don't know what they're doing, what they do as a franchise right now. Do they they, they start looking forward and say, do we have to move on from his, him as a quarterback? What are they going to do? Trade him? Cut him? I mean, if you do that, if you get rid of your franchise piece, how mad are the fans going to be? I know they've been watching him play really bad, but right. don't you think they would get really mad about that? I kind of do. He and that's the what, that's the, that's. The, and that's what I'm saying. And that's why I think the Ravens are in a really tough spot is that this is a guy that that literally did win a Super Bowl for them. But at the same time, how long can we go on watching, you know, mediocre performances year over year? Like Alex Smith is a better quarterback than Joe Flacco. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not like Joe Flacco won it because of the defense. Joe Flacco won that Super Bowl. He was playing great playoff football. And he's got that potential, but he's hurt right now at the back. I know they're saying he's all right, but you can tell he's not the same quarterback he once was. And he just hasn't put it together for an extended period of time. So 
I think I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not in this situation and it's a really hard situation, but if it was my choice, I'd cut him. Not now, obviously I'd wait till the end of the season, but well, right. I mean, I'd probably play it out with him. Like as a franchise, like you have to kind of do it, but it's, it's rough because they paid him more than any other at the time when they gave him the contract before the start of last year, was it? Or two years ago, I get these years just kind of blend together after so long, but he was like the highest paid player in football and it was a lot of guaranteed money. So I think they're kind of stuck with him, but it's just, it's an interesting thing. And maybe, maybe it's the back injury. Maybe that's, that's affecting him more than we thought. So Uh, three other GPP defenses, Dallas at San Francisco. Uh, You've got to consider any team against Jacksonville, even though Blake Bortles hasn't been turning the ball over that much. He's got the capacity to do it. The Colts go up against Jacksonville. And then finally, my favorite GPP play this week is the Los Angeles Chargers against Denver. Trevor Simeon is just not a very good quarterback. Chargers get after the quarterback and when he's under pressure, he doesn't make the best decisions. I know they haven't had a big game yet, but I think it's coming with the Chargers eventually. And they've got some solid pieces on defense. So I like them at 4,100 on Fandle. I just think that they're going to be running the ball a lot. You know, I, I liked your pick of CJ Anderson. I, I think they go back to him. I think they realized, you know, the the flaws in their game plan against the Giants yeah, last so. week. And I think they I think they go back and they run the ball 30 times this week. And CJ Anderson gets 20 carries and all is right in the world. Uh, one last uh, defensive play that I will mention of mine is uh, the Giants at 2600 at home. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, this is not an ideal spot, but at the same time, a Seattle offensive line that was bad to begin with, already the worst in the league, just lost their starting left guard for multiple weeks. So it's just another moving part on this offensive line that's been bad. Um, You know, Russell Wilson, I mean, there's times where he just doesn't look like like very good. He's had some horrible games in his career, like zero touchdowns, five interception types of games. And uh, I know the Giants haven't got a lot of sacks this year, but they've got the players to get a five or six sack game. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Well, that's all for today's show. We've got three more shows coming up next week. And remember to enter the exclusive contest for Fantasy Pros listeners, fantasypros.com slash DraftKings. It's $1. You can win a lifetime Fantasy Pro subscription and a thousand bucks. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash DraftKings. And also thanks to the sponsor of today's show, draft.com slash pros. You can compete against Tags and I. Download the app. Just type in Draft in the App Store or in Google Play. It's going to come up first. You can compete against Tags and I. You're going to get notifications when we draft. Again, that's draft.com slash pros, P-R-O-S. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.